0: You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature,
1: only a handful of creatures made for life.
0: But isn't that, like, cheating?
1: We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
0: Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships.
1: This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before. If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place.
0: All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast.
1: All right. So, hello, hello, everybody. I wanted to hop in. I wanted to talk about a topic that is something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's kind of been on the list, right? And and on the back burner a little bit. And I want to talk about the problem, or really the problem with relationship anarchy, right? And here's the thing. I recognize that at this point already, There is a number of you watching this who I have offended. And this is what I would ask. Because the truth of the matter is, this is going to offend some people. But I would just suggest this to you and ask this. Go ahead, actually watch this video, right? See if anything that I'm saying makes sense to you, resonates with you. And then if after doing that, you want to get offended, that is totally fine. Right. But I I wanted to talk about this. And, you know, you may be asking like, Josh, why knowing that, right? Like knowing that this is something that a certain number of people are going to get pissed off about just because you're talking about it. Right. And knowing that, you know, quite, quite frankly, I have people in my life who I love and who I I respect um, and who I think are awesome people and awesome poly people who identify as relationship anarchists. Like, why am I coming on here? And am I picking on relationship anarchy? Like, why, why do it? Why open it up to the, uh, you know, just, you know, the, the, the enraged Facebookness. Right. And, and the reason is really the same reason that we do everything, right? If you've listened to us before, you know that our guiding principle is always do what's best for people in their relationships. And because of that, one of the things that just irritates us the absolute most in the world is things that sound great and don't work. And there's a lot of that non-monogamy. And it's almost better if something's not going to work for it to sound ridiculous. You know, if I told you that the only way to negotiate amazing agreements that are going to work in your relationships are to have them standing on your head with your parents mediating in the middle of a McDonald's. You would know off the bat that that's ridiculous and you would totally discount it and not pay any attention to it, right? And, you know, on the other hand, like when people just, you know, you're, you're non-monogamous and people just say stuff to you that's just completely bigoted and ridiculous and, you know, they – just thinking of an experience Cassie and I had here years ago, right? But, you know, they tell you like, you know, like what if your kid now grows up to essentially be a child molester, you might be pissed off, but you're also going to discount that pretty quickly. Right? And so in a lot of ways, it's better when stuff that doesn't work sounds ridiculous. Because people don't do it most of the time. And that's why one of the things that irritates us the most is stuff that sounds great and doesn't work. And unfortunately, the non-monogamous communities is full of this, right? It's full of advice and platitudes that sound amazing and sound like they make a ton of sense and don't actually work anytime you try and put them into effect. And that's a huge problem because when something sounds like a good idea, then people try and do it. And then they wind up causing a bunch of problems and blowing up their relationships and having all these issues that that just weren't at all necessary. And this is something that we see every day. Right. Um, you know, we 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 talked to hundreds, I, I like just personally, I mean, and you may have heard me say this before, but I, I personally talk to hundreds of people a year, one-on-one, about what's going on in their relationship. And I, I can't tell you the number of times that one of the challenges that's there is that people heard some of this stuff floating around our communities that sounds great and, and they they tried to implement it and then ran into enormous problems along the way. And I think this is something that we're we're particularly guilty of in the non-monogamous communities is putting out information that sounds good, but doesn't work. And I, I think it's really, really detrimental. It's detrimental to the community as a whole, but it's, and we see the butt end of this all the time, super detrimental to people's relationships at the individual level, right? And so we're really, really have a really high value of putting out for people what actually works to build them the loving, amazing, thriving, ethical relationships that they want. One of our clients years ago told us that our motto should be practical polyamory advice, right? And that really is the approach that we try to take to things. And it's the approach we try and take to things because, again, we want to see people's relationships actually succeed. And so there's, there's a lot of places, as I said, in the non communities that we see stuff put out there that sounds great but doesn't work. And relationship anarchy is one of the biggest places I can sit here and point my finger at for one of these things. So I, I want to spend some time talking about it, right? And the the real problem, well, I'll get into some of the problems, but the, the the challenge with relationship anarchy is that it sounds amazing. And it sounds amazing for a good reason, right? Because if you actually... Do any research on relationship anarchy. And I don't know how many people who identify as relationship anarchists actually have done that, right? You know, if you're one of those people, but if you actually do research on relationship anarchy and you, you look at the principles behind it, you look at the ideas that it came from, you look at, and there, there's like a lot of places will list like six or seven principles of relationship anarchy and, and the, that approach to your relationships. And what you realize pretty quickly. Is that most of those things are things that they're, they're not specific to relationship anarchy. They're just things that anybody who's having awesome non-monogamous relationships does. Right? Things like not assuming any particular you know, structure or roles or uh, expectations in a relationship and actually negotiating the individual things with the individual people. Obviously. You want to do that. Or things like, you know, if I have a relationship with partner A, not letting partner A come and veto partner B or, you know, otherwise negatively impact this relationship I have with this completely separate person. These are all amazing ideas. These are all things that, honestly, everybody that's having healthy non-monogamous relationships are, are doing a lot of these principles. And... That's why relationship anarchy sounds amazing. That's why, as I said before, there's lots of people that I, I, I love and admire in my personal circles who identify as relationship anarchists. And so at this point, you're probably wondering, okay, then if that's the case, again, why am I on here talking poorly about relationship anarchy? And, and this is the problem, right? Right. And this is a problem that you see happen other places in the non-monogamous world as well, which is you have a few, very few, like maybe like one to 2% of people who when they're talking about relationship anarchy, that is all they mean, right? Following those principles, the way that they are laid out. And you, you see this, as I said, in other spaces where you have like the small percentage of people and like especially like educators and authors and, you know, people who who define things a way that most of the rest of the the, the people aren't defining them, right? And, and this is where relationship anarchy has some pretty severe challenges is 99% of people that we talk to, that we see in our Facebook group, that I talk to one-on-one, that we run into out at classes, 99% of the people who are talking about doing relationship anarchy they're not they're not just talking about those principles there is a lot more there that is not how most people are using relationship anarchy so you have this this situation where sure by the super like strict definition Relationship anarchy is awesome. But by the way, everybody, almost everybody is using it. It's not. Because most people, when they're talking about relationship anarchy, and, and this is what we see over and over and over again, they don't mean that they're following those principles. That may be a small piece of it, or it maybe none of it, if you really dig into it. But what they really mean is that they don't want to determine and specify the priorities of their relationships, both as those relationships relate to each other and and as they land in the rest of their life, right? They don't want to let people know and they don't let people know where they fall in that scale of importance. So people, people don't know what to expect. They don't know what footing their relationship's on. They don't know what tomorrow looks like. Because maybe stuff arbitrarily changes. And then along with that, because of those things, right, most of the time when people are talking about relationship anarchy, a piece of that that we see is that they have no or very fuzzy agreements about things that absolutely need agreements in order for a relationship to be happy and healthy. Things like time, things like conversations around what people are looking for in the future, things like I said, those conversations about priority and knowing what fits where and everybody knowing that, right? Um, and, and and a lot of times what this becomes at the end of the day, and not intentionally for most people, is this label of, of relationship anarchy becomes a place for people to hide, It becomes a place for people to hide and not have these difficult conversations, not nail down these difficult agreements that need to be done because they're relationship anarchists and that's the way that they just do relationships. I can't tell you how many times I've heard some kind of variation of, we don't have agreements around X, Y, Z, or we don't have any agreements. Because I'm a relationship anarchist, or my partner's a relationship anarchist. And what's really, truly interesting about this is that is not at all relationship anarchy by that, that definition that, you know, a, a few people are using. That's technically correct, right? But it is by the definition that most people are using. And this is where the problems come in, Right? Because now you're in the situation where you have this thing, which is a relationship anarchy that sounds amazing in principle, but in the way that people are actually applying it, it is disastrous, right? Because you wind up in the situation, well, there's a number, there's a number of problems. Let's just start from, from, from the basics, right? Which is you have to know where your relationships stand in relationship to each other in your sense of priority. It is impossible not to know that because you have no reference of making decisions. And the, the challenge is this when push comes to shove and you have to make decisions, which you're going to have to do, you're going to have to prioritize your relationships. When it comes down to conversations around time, you're going to have to know where the priority for time lies. When it comes down to conversation about finances, you're going to have to know where the finances lie. When you have two partners who both need you at once, you're going to have to know where that priority lies. And here's the thing, you, you can't do anything to eliminate the fact that you are going to make a choice about what takes priority. You can ignore that decision, You cannot make it ahead of time, but you're still going to have to make it in the moment. And all that not actually having that nailed out for yourself does is puts you in a place where you have no idea what to expect and your partners have no idea what to expect and stuff can be changed at the last moment, right? And you have no basis, no structure to make those decisions that all of us need to make on a day-to-day basis about where we're investing our time, where we're investing our energy, where we are investing our, our, um, our effort, right? And you wind up just kind of operating by default and being pulled into either whatever is happening or whatever you feel like at the time, right? And so what happens? Well, number one, like I said, you have no basis to make any of those decisions that you're going to make anyways. That doesn't work. Right. And here's the thing about this. And, and some of you right now may be saying, well, I mean, isn't you're talking about hierarchy and, and prioritizing relationships? And isn't hierarchy bad? And I, I need you to understand this because this is another place that you have 1% of people who are using definitions very differently than you are for a lot of you. Right. Which is if you look at the people who are, you know, who 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 are talking about hierarchy being bad and you really look into what they're saying, what you'll find is that anybody who really works with relationships, including some of the people who, again, you may think have a negative view of hierarchy, right? Understands that you have to have a sense of where relationships fall on the priority list for relationships to work at all. Right? And a lot of the writers, the authors, the experts are defining hierarchy in a very specific way that is not what most people are using. And they're defining hierarchy in the way of, again, that whole letting that relationship with person A impact the relationship with person B, right? Because everybody recognizes, or at least everybody is strong. But most people recognize, even, even a lot of the people who you may think you know are, are, are in that hierarchy is bad camp, right? That you, you can't operate without understanding where your priorities fall in life. This is how we go through life and make decisions is we are constantly, constantly having to decide. We all have a very limited amount of time, a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of money, a limited amount of everything. And we are having to decide where to put those things. And the only way you can decide that, whether it's your relationships or anything in life is knowing where all of those things land on your priority list right? So th- that's the first problem, right? But then because there's no basis to make decisions, it creates a huge amount of uncertainty for the people in the relationship. And most of the times that I'm talking to people who have a partner who identifies as a relationship anarchist, you know, they, they tell me, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what to expect. I never know if they're going to be there. I never know if they're not going to be there. I don't know if tomorrow they're just going to up and leave. I have no idea what's gone. And you you, you can't run a relationship like that people need all of us need it is a basic human need to have some level even for those of us like me who are like super excitement driven some level of certainty and people cannot operate in relationships where they have no idea where they stand or if their partners are going to show up when they're in a car accident or if tomorrow they're going to go off with somebody else Or they have no idea if three years down the road, if there's even a possibility for a future or if this person just never wants anything other than, like, a fuck buddy. People can't operate that way. Right? So you end up with a huge amount of uncertainty. You wind up with a ton of insecurity because of that. Right? And because of that insecurity, people have no reason to invest that limited amount of time and energy and resources that they have. Because why would you if you have no idea what tomorrow looks like? Why are you going to put in a bunch of work? Why are you going to you know, spend that amount of time? Right? The vast majority of people aren't willing to do that. And and why why am I talking about all this? Because At the end of the day, when you approach your relationships in this way, again, that most people are using relationship anarchy of not defining any of your relationships in terms of where they fall out on the priority list, of nobody knowing where they stand, of avoiding a lot of the really critical agreements that people need to have even the most basic sense of security, people get hurt. Both the, I mean, everybody involved winds up getting hurt, right? And those relationships wind up having enormous challenges that are resolved, only get resolved either when, like, that relationship breaks up, which happens quite a lot because, again, people have no reason to invest in a relationship where they're uncertain and there's problems there and they have no idea what the future looks like, right? Or, People finally come around to a more practical view of what can work and what can't, right? But there's been a huge amount of pain and heartache and maybe broken relationships in that process along the way. And this is the thing. At the end of the day, you know, the problem here, as I said, it doesn't exactly really lie with relationship anarchy itself because if you're going off, as I said, that, that really strict actual definition, that's awesome, right? But the, the fact that a huge amount of the people who are, are using that term are misusing it to normalize stuff and excuse stuff that just simply does not work either because it's easier to avoid a lot of these hard things or because they hear that relationship anarchy is good and then they see this as the example of relationship anarchy, these things that I'm talking about, they then assume, put two and two together, would that be two and two? And assume that this is the, the, the right way to have relationships. And as I said, it just, it, it doesn't work and it winds up with people hurt. And that's why I'm I'm sitting here talking about it again, even though I know this is going to be something that a lot of people aren't going to be happy about because it's harmful. It is harmful when people follow along in these things that sound good but don't work. And again, the way most people who use relationship anarchy are using it are falling into this camp Of things that doing a lot of things that sound good and don't work. So it's like a lot of gloom and doom talk. Okay. So if you've watched any of these, you know that I I always like to come around to the opportunity or to what's awesome. So what's awesome like, what, what, what's the opportunity here? Well, number one, just understand, like I said, like, if you're somebody who likes some of the ideas behind relationship anarchy, understand that the basic principles that are there, if you can get beyond all the bull that is now packaged with a lot of it, the basic principles there are awesome. And they're really the things, again, that, that like, a lot of them are just things that, anybody who's an expert in relationships is going to tell you to apply, right? So there's that, but here's the other piece of this. And this is what I really want you to understand. Cause I think this is the most important piece because you know, this gets back to why things that sound good, but don't work are so dangerous, right? Because people who are falling into these challenges aren't doing it. Because they want to have problems in their relationships. They're doing it because they're looking for a way that's ethical. They're looking for, for, you know, to approach things in a way that treats their partners well. They're looking to approach things in a way where relationships aren't sabotaging each other in ways that they shouldn't be. They're looking to approach it in ways where they're not making assumptions. They're negotiating things, right? And really at the end of the day, what they want is they want to have ethical, awesome relationships where everybody is respected, right? And they want to have that. And here's what is great about this. It is entirely possible. Like these two worlds don't have to be separate, right? It's entirely possible to have relationships and to approach relationships in a way where you are being ethical, where you are giving your relationships each the room to grow, right? Where you can have that freedom, where you can negotiate each relationship on its own. And at the same time, you're approaching your relationships in a practical way that actually works. That is going to actually take care of the people in the relationship. That's going to make people feel secure and loved. And that is going to, instead of creating suffering, Just build these awesome, thriving designer relationships for everybody that is involved. It's entirely possible, right? What has to happen though is getting past these labels of, you know, I'm a relationship anarchist or I believe in hierarchy or I don't believe in hierarchy or whatever, right? And actually diving and learning what are at the end of the day, those principles that give you both of those things that give you ways to approach relationships where it's ethical and where you have freedom and where everybody is, is, you know, honored as their own person, but it's practical and works and protects the relationships in it, whether it's, You know, like the relationship you started with or all the other ones that takes care of people, right? And when you can get past all those labels that we like to throw around for the kinds of polyamory that we do and really just focus on those principles, that's when when you get both of those things at once, right? That's when you build amazing, awesome, thriving relationships that work in an ethical way. And so what I, I want to offer people is we have over the, the years that we've done this and the, the hundreds of clients that we have like worked with one-on-one to transform their relationships. Right there. There's five principles that we found that all like awesome, successful, thriving, ethical, free relationships share. Right. Right. And it's not not about labels. It's not about, like I said, the labels, the kind of polyamory, but there's five things that just work to create that kind of environment and that kind of relationships for people, right? And we've seen it over and over and over again that the people who implement these principles in their lives, they are the ones who have those relationships that we're all aiming for when we, we try and implement all these different things. Right. And what we've done for folks here is, is, a, is a little while back, we, we took those five principles and we put them into a, a training, like a free training for people just to give folks the tools that they need to actually approach these things in the ways that they want. Right. And so I'm going to give you a link here. We're going to make this available again. Right. So, if you go to a touch of forward slash pillars, it'll take you to a page. You'll see a couple of dates and stuff, right, where this training is available. Go ahead and pick something that works. Watch this, and I, I guarantee you it is going to be the best hour that you have spent on your relationships probably ever, especially on the non-monogamous end of things, right? And you'll, you'll really walk away with these principles that you can apply. No matter, again, what kind of labels you're using to define your polyamory so that you can build those awesome, thriving, ethical relationships for yourself. All right? So go to www.attouchtoliver.com forward slash pillars. Check that out. All right? And everybody else, you know, thank you for sticking around. Like I said, I know it's not an easy topic for some people, but we're coaches. We're not here to just say the easy things. Right? And uh, you know we we always we we always show up and have the conversations, even the hard ones, even the ones that might catch some flack, because we love you folks, right? And because we we really are are just passionate about seeing people build these amazing relationships, and seeing us as a community continue to move in a direction where we are more and more operating in, in a way of having these awesome thriving relationships, both like for all of us as a community and for, for the rest of the world, right. So that people can look in and, and see, see the possibilities. For them. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week. So make sure to subscribe
0: if you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us. Here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before.
1: We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year, and here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance, to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you are building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it, but that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world, save their families, get the passion back and become best friends again.
0: So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie.
1: And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.